This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 823 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you, one day at a time. Greetings, horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Driving Radio Show. Dr. Wendy Ying and Glenn the Geek talk about the seemingly endless variety of red, itchy, scaly, scratchy, or oozy bumps that our horses seem to come down with. And we'll get right to our tip after this shopping tip from EquestrianCollections.com. Hi, Glenn here from the Horse Radio Network, and I am with Debbie from Equestrian Collections with their product of the week. Hi, Glenn. I am so excited to report that we have Pro Chaps Half Chaps back up on our website. I love these things. Um, The reason I love them is because they cover the gamut of all sizes. They go all the way from tiny to not so tiny. And when you put them on, they look like tall boots. And the reason for that is they have a neoprene stretch panel in there. You don't see it from the outside, but it's so, it's, it's not too tight. It's the perfect tightness to keep you feeling very secure and looks very good. They are expensive, but they are so worth it. And if you're a hard-to-fit rider for half chaps, these are definitely the ones to look at. The leather is very easy to keep. It's a waterproof leather. I have uh, all, both colors because, you know, you got to have the brown ones for the brown outfits. And <laughs> you can't clash. Everything else. <laughs> but you, um, I just take, um, I can clean them with um, uh, any kind of regular saddle cleaner or you can just wipe them off. These these things are fabulous. I totally, totally recommend them and have for years. And that's the Pro Chaps Fit Half Chaps. You can find them at EquestrianCollections.com. Just go to Equestrian Collections and search for Pro Chaps, and they'll come up. And pay real close attention to the size chart. There's a very, very detailed size chart uh, when you go to uh, look for your chaps. And don't forget to sign up for our Savvy Shopper program. Those are weekly emails that give you the first crack at the best sales and all the best information on our products. Gong. Okay, well, Glenn, last week was black bumps. Ew. You, you were talking it. about bugs coming out of the skin last week. You were just trying to gross me out. I know, but did you see that's a hot new topic on the internet now? I am kind of attributing it to the driving radio. <laughs> it was all our it was all you getting it started? Yeah, but it's gone viral like this Anca cer- Circa cervicalis. Remember we were talking about that? Yep, yep. And um, then it went viral on, from this uh, Australian site, so I was really excited about that. Maybe one of our Australian listeners brought it up. But. We have quite a few of those. I know. So, but, you know, that's the thing is um, I think, and I always wonder this, like, because I'm not a person doctor, um, why don't I deworm myself every eight weeks? Because all mammals get parasites. I must be loaded with parasites, and I never deworm myself. You know, I actually thought about that the other day, too. And I kind of thought, why do they get them and we don't? We do. Oh. I mean, these things affect humans, too. Um, certain things don't. Like, we don't get the Onchocerca, but we must. I mean, we get tapeworms. We get all kinds of things. So why aren't we being tubed? 
I don't know. That, we have to ask Dr. <laughs> Kyle. I don't know why. <laughs> so, so this week we're talking about red bumps. Red bumps. So, was and if you missed, let me just say, if you missed last week's show, just go back and take a listen to it at drivingradioshow.com where we talked about black bumps yeah. and creepy this things. Is like, <laughs> this is a really common thing when I go to see a client. Um, I usually am not called out for the bump. But it's just an incidental thing, like, hey, doc, can you look at this bump? So I told, told you about black bumps last week, and this week is red bumps. So that's a good way to split them up. So red bumps are a little bit more serious than the black bumps in some ways because by the time they get red and goopy, they're, like, really inflamed. And um, it, it's kind of like it probably starts off as a little just nothing, but they can slowly turn into something that's really bad. So the first one is the squamous cell carcinoma. So um, that's, a, that's a cancer of all mammals, and it's usually on uh, pink skin. And in, hor- in people, squamous cell is not a huge issue. Like, yes, you need to go to the dermatologist and get that looked at. But in horses, it actually is a pretty big issue. Um, it's a very slow-growing tumor, but it can be insidious and spread um so and in fact it's the number one internal tumor of horses and when it becomes internal that's because it's spread it starts on the skin and it's spread through the lymph the the lymph channels to the inside and once it goes in inside there's not much you can do about that um and also it's the second most common tumor of horses on the skin uh, the first being sarcoids, which we talked about last week. So squamous cell carcinomas, usually you'll usually see them on the third eyelid of, uh, you know, horses that have a pink third eyelid. Yep. You see yep, that. Yep. Um, so, uh, it can, it can invade there. It can also be on all the mucocutaneous junctions, which that means where, um, like your, your mucosa, like the inside of your mouth where it, it attaches to the skin part of your lip. So that's a mucocutaneous junction. So on your lips, uh, the vulva, the penis is a very common place that you get squamous cell. Um, so it's always important to check those areas. And sometimes squamous cell will start off as a little bit of a um, red, it looks like a red cut in the corner of the mouth. And you think, oh, well, maybe I was too hard with my bit or whatever. But if you have a non-healing wound like that, that's something to ask your vet to look at and consider squamous cell. Um, it's very treatable if caught early, and the number one treatment, of course, is surgical resection. And uh, so you want to do that as early as possible, right, because you want to cut it out when it's a little piece. Um, and then you want to follow it with chemo and an herbal formula. When I have squamous cell, I like to give uh, a topical herbical sorry, a topical herbal formula and also an oral herbal formula because there is the chance that it can metastasize. Um, And also, even if it doesn't metastasize, it can recur in the same area. So this is something like once your horse gets a positive diagnosis of squamous cell, you need to do something about it and then you need to watch it even after you do the surgery to make sure it doesn't come back or you can jump on it as soon as it does. And um, also, Glenn, there's something that's very interesting and a little bit gross about squamous cell, which I think you'll like. <laughs> um, do, you know, do you know what schmegma is? No. 
You don't? That's because you make Jennifer do all the work at the barn. Smurfla is a mixture of dirt and skin cells that gets on the penis. And when we say we're cleaning the sheath, you're cleaning. Oh, see, I don't do sheath cleaning. So that's uh, that's that's probably why. (laughs) A lot of guys don't. Don't feel bad. But the smegma, uh, you know, like I said, it's just dead skin cells and body oil and dirt. But that can get in the little place um, by the urethra of the boy horse. And that forms the bean. Yep, I know about beans. Yep, I know about beans. And so also, some people don't know this, but in girl horses, in the clitoral fossa, you also have schmegma that accumulates there. And um, schmegma is thought to contribute to squamous cell carcinoma formation. Can I give the... Hold on seven second. Let me just apologize to everybody that's trying to eat lunch right now. So, okay. I, the mandatory disclaimer. Go ahead. I told you from the beginning of the show... <laughs> <laughs> This is just the tip of the iceberg, schmegma. But this is something that's really important that you, uh, especially if you have a horse with pink skin, you really need to make sure they have uh, that you get their sheath clean. And if you don't want to do it, get somebody at the barn to do it. Or if they don't like it, you can have your vet come, uh, you know, usually once or twice a year when they come to do teeth or something. Horses that really do not like their sheath cleaned, we can sedate them for their teeth and then while we're doing their teeth and they're still a little bit sedated, we can do their sheep. So, okay, so that's the big one, squamous cell. Um, the next one sometimes looks like squamous cell, but um, it's called summer source. Have you heard of summer oh, source? Oh, yeah, we get them up here all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, uh, Beaker has one now, and, and my sister-in-law's horse gets them all the time. I mean, it's a Florida thing, uh, you know, that we get a lot of them. Um, but once horses get them, they always seem to re- reoccur, too. You can get rid of one batch, and they're going to get them again. Right, and summer sores, they look like proud flesh. And in fact, technically, they are proud flesh, but they're proud flesh that's caused by the larvae of a worm. Of a worm okay. Right. So the worm habronema. And that is an intestinal parasite of horses. So what happens is... Uh, the horse picks up the habronema on the ground or whatever, the eggs, just like it picks up strongyles, okay? And they eat the worm, and then the worm uh, breaks out in the tummy, and then the larvae gets passed in the manure, and then the fly, the stable fly, will eat the larvae, usually in like the first or second stage in the manure. Then the, the, the larvae develops into a couple more stages in the fly. Then when the fly, like say your horse has a cut, or this is another one that is sometimes um, thought to be squamous cell because it's also on the third eyelid. The flies, you know, will land in the third eyelid and deposit larvae in that tissue. Then the larvae, that's not where they're supposed to be, right? They're not supposed to be on the skin of the horse. So they don't develop fully. Their life cycle is broken there, but they cause a really big inflammatory reaction. And that's why you get the big knot of granulation tissue. Ah, Okay. So, um, so what you're have, having is an allergic reaction to this larvae that's burrowing into the skin. So that you see them very commonly on the third eyelid, mucous membranes again, uh, in wounds. Like uh, one of the most common places I see it is when you have a horse that clips his ankles behind and always have like a little bit of a, a knot on the inside ankle and the flies get on there and then they get the... Um, then it turns into proud flesh. And the people are not sure that that's habronema because they think it's just the horse kicking itself constantly. 
Um, so one of the things is we're seeing a lot more summer sores lately in the last few years. And uh, some of the common thoughts for this is because many people have gone to a strategic deworming process. About like 15 years ago, uh, there was ivermectin resistance in cattle and goats. And so people always said, oh, well, you know, I mean, that just makes sense that we're going to start to have resistance of these uh, strong jowls in horses. So people were getting the, the manure tested and going with fecal egg counts. So not deworming as much. However, there are a lot of other things that you don't always see on fecal egg counts, like Havernema eggs are very hard to see in the fecal egg count, especially because a lot of times they come out as larvae. So they might, you know, you're not going to see that in your fecal egg count. So in the past, we used to just deworm with, with ivermectin or Panicure every six to eight weeks. We would break this cycle. Of, of this larvae. Now when we just look at fecal egg counts, it's giving these worms a lot more time to reproduce and to infect your environment. So the, the number one strategy obviously here is to deworm and to deworm frequently. And in Florida, uh, the life cycle of this parasite is very short. It can be, you know, like a month. So for your sister that has this recurring all summer, she might need to deworm with ivermectin once a month for, you know, three or four times. Now, there are actually some people that said, oh, you put the ivermectin right on the skin. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Because the way ivermectin works, it it disrupts the, um, some cell receptors in the, in the larvae. So, so it will kill those bugs if you put it directly on there. Because when you put it in the horse's mouth, that's going down into their gut, and the worms are getting the ivermectin on their body. That's how they absorb it. Mm, okay, so that makes skins out of it makes sense that they're on the skin. Yeah, right. And, and so you, if you didn't put it directly on there, you have to give a very high dose of ivermectin to get the the levels of chemical out to the the like foot or wherever this. Mm -hmm. So putting it on there is a very good treatment. Um, Another thing you want to do is you want to get rid of the inflammation. So uh, for me, I use gold and yellow, uh, which is a herbal formula that I use on all kind of like doggy hot spots and things like that, which has coptis in it. I've talked about that before on other shows. And I also use um, a stasis breaker cancer cream, which is something I talked about last week. But what I'll do is I'll, I'll mix these things in with some SWAT ointment. You know, you know SWAT ointments. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't want everybody to know you're using SWAT, you can use the clear stuff. You can make clear <laughs> stuff now. But um, you, you really need to stop the flies getting on there. Because right. the flies not only aggravate the condition, but bring more bugs there. Um, and like, say you're going to put ivermectin on the wound, you can even rub it in that cream. You don't want to use too much ivermectin. Like I said, maybe once a month because ivermectin in high doses can cause, um, neurologic problems in horses and dogs. So be, you know, don't just think more is better, but you know, be cautious with it. And one of the other things I really like to use on that is aluminum spray. Have you ever used the aluminum spray? No, huh? It's um, actually like, it's, a, it, it's almost like a liquid bandage, and it's very drying. And um, I like it because uh, it, the flies can land on it, but it takes them a while to get through there. 
So I like aluminum spray on a lot of cuts like that. And I mean, I don't think it totally cuts off the, the air supply to the worms, but what it does is it really dries out that area. So I use that a lot when I'm at the shows for a last minute thing. If somebody, you know, gets a little minor or something, you don't want to go in the show with like a big cut on their leg or whatever, you know, especially when you have a tiny little thing on a white horse that's bleeding, it always looks like disaster. So you spray on a little alley spray and it helps to stop the bleeding and then also doesn't look as horrible. And we Um, know now that, uh, you know, uh, even some Olympians have had trouble with tiny little cuts, getting kicked out of out of uh, uh-huh. out of competing because of a tiny little cut. Exactly, they needed the yeah. alpha. Right. Um, okay, so the next red bump you're going to see it, it's going to look just like summer sores, which is proud flesh. So we talked a little bit about that before. Um, that basically summer sores are a form of proud flesh, but when you have proud flesh, it's not caused by the summer sores. This usually occurs where you have a a cut, and it it gets much worse below the elbow and below the stifle because there's not a lot of skin there, so it's hard to close wounds, you know, when you get those kind of things, and also there's a lot of movement. And horses produce proud flesh for a very good reason. Horses are huge, and they get big gashes. You know, horses are always cutting themselves on everything. And you think, oh, my God, that, you know, you'll see a horse with a huge wound. And, you know, two weeks later, it'll be all contracted and grown in. That's because they have a good mechanism to fill in areas of, of muscle tears with proud flesh. Unfortunately, that can go out of control. Also, proud flesh gets much worse when flies are biting them and and it gets inflamed because they get a little bit of an infection on there and then their body starts to um starts to produce too much proud flesh so the best treatment for proud flesh is you know cut off as much as you can down to the level of the skin um because it's a it's a problem when it grows above the skin right so when the proud flesh flesh fills in above the level of the skin, the skin's never going to be able to close over, right? Those epithelial cells are not going to be able to come back and touch. So you have to cut that off and you have to try to stop the proud flesh from, from coming. And um, interestingly enough, proud flesh, in, I know it looks bad and looks really sore, but it actually doesn't have any nerves. So you can really scrub at that and keep it down. Uh, I use, once again, that golden yellow cream and some stasis breaker and the SWAT fly spray. Uh, You can use the aloe spray if you want. And um, one of the things I do use, which I'm going to just admit it right now, Glenn, uh, I use Panalog ointment on Proud Flesh a lot, which is a steroid, (laughs) but this is the only time I use steroids. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. But I'm going to admit it because this is like an emergency. Steroids aren't the devil's work. Or maybe they are the devil's work, but I, you know, sometimes... You don't want to do that right before you're competing. Let's uh, qualify that. Yeah, don't do it right before you're competing. But it is just a topical steroid cream that's made um, to help this inflammation. Got it. All right, now I just... uh, There's one more that that I brought up specifically for you. Okay, this is another good one, I'm sure. Yes, 
It's called pithiosis. Have you ever heard of pithiosis? No, but it just sounds bad. Oh, well, it's, it's, it's common name is swamp cancer or just <laughs> Anything called swamp cancer, it can't be good. Yeah, swamp cancer. So this is like a little bug. It's called pythium insidiosum. And it's, a, um, it's, it's not a true fungus. It's actually a pseudofungus. So it's a single-celled organism. So these kind of things, like limes. The, the Lyme's disease organism is single-celled organism. Those are hard to kill, right? Because they're not killed by antibiotics. Right. Yeah. They basically hide. They hide. Yeah. So Pythium insidiosum, it's this little bug that it lives in uh, stagnant water. It's actually, uh, it, it usually lives on plants. It's like a plant parasite. But if you have a horse that likes to hang around water, maybe has a little cut on its leg, or horses that just hang around in water for, you know, the ones that like to go in the water and just hang out, um, they can get like, you'll see a little red bump on their chest or on their leg. And it's called insidiosum because all of a sudden this thing will like spread, turn into a giant abscess and then tons of pus will come out. And it's, they call it Florida leeches because each one of these little tracks in their wound opens up and starts to drip out like tons of pus and chew and all this stuff. And it looks like like, it just looks like leeches coming out of the skin. Oh. I know. And also, this, this is also a disease of dogs. They, they sometimes get it internally. Because, you know, dogs love pond water or whatever. So it was a really serious problem when the dogs get it internally because, uh, you know, the treatment for this, you have, to, you have to excise it. So in dogs, it's pretty extensive surgery. Also, because it's an insidious disease... You might not know your dog has this until they start, they can't eat or, you know, they're vomiting a lot. And then, you know, you open them up and inside is this like horrible swamp cancer. Uh, horses, they tend not to get it inside. They tend to get it just on the skin. But also, like I said, people have also been known to get this. So what do you do to get rid of it? Well, you cut off as much as you can. Um, and like I said, early treatment is key if you're going to have to cut something off, right? So don't wait. Uh, then you can give antifungals, um, but the uh, newest treatment for that is like a it's, a, it's a type of vaccine they use, and you can use it while they're currently infected. And that has shown to be the best treatment for that, along with the antifungals and the surgical incision. Um, so this is one I would not treat with herbs immediately. I would do acupuncture to make sure that they're, they are strong in their immune system, but I would go straight to the surgery, antifungals, and the immunotherapy. And interestingly to note, you know, whenever there's a zoonotic disease, people are always like, oh my God, I don't want to touch that because I'll get that. And while there are diseases like that, in this disease, it doesn't spread by contact. So, so if you have a horse with this, you're not going to get this disease by touching that horse. Okay, well, that's good to know. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I know. Or you're not going to get it from your dog. Because who wants to have that? <laughs> who wants to have that? And cats actually have been known to get it. But, uh, I mean, I don't know how they get it because cats hate the water. They're yeah, yeah, that's true. Them. That is true. But, so, you know, what we have, uh, last year we had so much rain, and we have quite a bit this year, too. Uh, but they had there was a lot of standing water in the fields, and, and you'd see the horses just standing in the middle of the water, you know, Hanging out. 
Yeah, and that's it. It's the ones that like to stand there because their skin gets kind of wet and then it allows this this organism to enter their skin. Okay, well, that's enough of that for one day. (laughs) (laughs) I know, this is a gross show. We're going to have to put a rating on it. I know, we're going to have to rate it. No children allowed at this show. Well, thank you, Dr. Ying. You're welcome. It's, it's good information. We need to know it. You know, it, you do need to know it, uh, even if it's gross. We all have to deal with gross stuff with our horses sometimes. I mean, that, horse people love gross things. You know that. You've been to dinner with horse people talking yes. about accesses and thrush and whatnot. <laughs> yeah. So it's us horse husbands that don't love it so much. No, we may, we maybe have to do a little segment on the horse husband show talking about like you can ask the guys the grossest thing that their wives. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think about that one. No, because it'll always be something involving, like schmegma is right up there. Yes. When, <laughs> when you have non-horse people and you talk about, oh my God, I had to go in and get this bean, blah, 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 blah. Gross. Yeah, we don't do that. We don't do sheath cleaning. That's off my, that's out of my, I don't care. <laughs> my horse or not, Jennifer does it. That's just yeah. the way it is. And that's a wrap. For more tips on everything from barn care to websites for horse people, Go to horsetipdaily.com and look for the Topics drop-down menu on the left. If you just can't get enough of Dr. Ying and Glenn, you can listen to them every week at drivingradioshow.com. You can also find more information on horse health at Dr. Ying's website, Five Elements for Animals. And don't forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they make these podcasts possible. Today's podcast has been brought to you through the generous support of equestriancollections.com. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily.